Hey, the football team is about to have their home opener. And with that, we welcome you in to Locked On Bruins. Brian Fenley with you. So much we've got in store for you on this show. But first, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Brian Fenley. The show's Twitter is Locked On Bruins. And you can send us an email. How about that? LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. And if you call yourself a Bruins fan, if you know a Bruins fan, if you're a closet Bruins fan, it's in your best interest to hit that subscribe button as we continue to grow this young channel. All right, so what do we have for you on this show? We are going to detail what Dorian Thompson Robinson had to say this week as he looks to bounce back from his four turnover performance last week in week one. He talks about a mentality shift and how he feels like he is much more suited to play a much better game against San Diego State this weekend. Then we have the distinct pleasure of having UCLA historian Spencer Stuvey on the program. He has already released a UCLA football encyclopedia. He's got a basketball one coming out for the Bruins. He is a wealth of knowledge. You've got any nostalgia in you when it comes to Bruin athletics. This guy is going to bring it, and he's going to come on for that second segment. And then we will finish off the show with me disclosing my three keys to the game. If all three of these things happen, the Bruins will win, and it's a no-doubter. So we'll have that for you at the end. So let's get right into it, starting with Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And look, the most pressing matter coming into this game against San Diego State is what are we going to see from Dorian Thompson-Robinson? Are we going to see the quarterback that we did in week one who had four turnovers and, sure, offensive line kind of patchwork together because they had a couple new faces on that left side, and so DTR was running all over the place, and it, it just it all did not equate to a great quarterback performance, and this is stating the obvious. This is what... Dorian Thompson-Robinson would even say himself. So so we're all looking for that bounce-back performance, you know, because he is the conductor of the offense, and he's basically the leader. Everybody goes to how Dorian goes, and how this team goes is, is predicated so much on his shoulders. And so when he was asked this week about, you know, what happened out there? Why did you fumble the football twice when the ball just kind of slipped out of your fingertips and you had those two turnovers from interceptions, he said, I just got a little bit too excited. The emotion of the moment took over. And, you know, I'm just trying to think of, like, how that could happen. Like, he's young for a quarterback, doesn't have a lot of experience at the college level, and maybe the older guys can teach him how to sift through the emotion and, and while feel it, but don't let it encompass you and compromise your playmaking abilities out there. And I think we can all agree on that. So one thing that he did say is that even though he had a, a subpar performance last week, that the, 
the coaches and the players have backed him unconditionally, and so he feels very supported. And I think as a young quarterback, you know, you don't want, especially if this is the future, you don't want players to start thinking about, well, maybe we should try out this quarterback. Or, you know, it creates this division in the locker room, and it could create some chaos in the locker room. I think it's way too early. I think we've got to see how Dorian Thompson-Robinson looks. I, I, I got a feeling he's going to play better. He's going to be at home. And I don't know how much better, but I do feel like he'll be better. And, and I'll explain how he can be better and what he will need to do to be better a little bit more later on in the show. Coming up next, UCLA historian Spencer Stuvey will come on and indulge us on Bruin football nostalgia. You don't want to miss this. But first, No House Advantage is taking an exciting new spin on daily fantasy sports. Instead of salary cap drafting, No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests. This platform levels the playing field so you have a higher likelihood of winning here than when playing traditional fantasy sports contests. Each contest contains anywhere from 5 to 10 player props. For example, will Tua throw more than two touchdowns? You simply select over or under for each prop and rank each pick based on your confidence of it being correct. You learn points based on correct picks and compete against other players for cash prizes. I'm telling you guys, it's a lot of fun. You can actually win. No House Advantage offers contests in college football, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, PGA, and NASCAR. All you got to do, download No House Advantage now from the App Store. Use the code LOCKEDON to receive two free tokens. When you purchase two tokens, it's a $10 value. That's LOCKEDON to receive two free tokens when you purchase two. Certain state limitations may affect your ability to participate in paid contests. Want to welcome you back to Locked On Bruins. Brian Fenley with you. A lot of you out there might boast that you know Bruin football better than anyone in your peer group. Well, that's great, but no one knows the history of Bruin football quite like historian Spencer Stuvey, and he joins us now. Who are some of the unheralded leaders, players that did amazing things that a lot of fans overlook in the Bruin community? Yeah, I think if you look at a pre or even just kind of right around World War II and slightly after, you have some guys that have really kind of been forgotten. So when you're at the Rose Bowl and you look up and you see a few retired numbers, a few of those guys, um, you may not really know who they are. Uh, Paul Cameron, uh, Burr Baldwin, Don Muma. Those are some guys that they were really stars at UCLA who have kind of been forgotten. Um, and then even earlier than that, um, one of the first players that I, I really enjoyed learning about was Bert LaBrucherie. And he played at UCLA for, on the varsity team from 1926 through 1928 and then later coached at UCLA um, just after World War II. Um, he was the coach before Red Sanders took over and really put the program on the map. Um, so he's one of those guys, and, and there are plenty of them. Because I think uh, the farther you go back, obviously, the less that people saw these guys play. Um, so I kind of wanted to bring their stories back a little bit. We're joined by Spencer Stuvey, the quintessential UCLA historian. He's got a book out. He's got another one coming out we're going to talk about a little bit later on. But Spencer, when you go way back like that, what kind of like excavating do you have to do to, 
to get as much info as you can during those early times. Yeah, the, the farther back, the harder it is to find some of this information. Um, obviously, there's not people around that have firsthand experience you know, from the 2019 team. Um, the, the, the games that weren't as far back, I'm looking, you know, really 1970s on, there's plenty of resources to find stuff. But the really early stuff, I was lucky to find a ton of information in the old UCLA yearbooks. Uh, they would have game-by-game recaps. Uh, so it was really, I, I looked through those, and it's like, well, this is really good stuff, and I know there aren't many people that are, you know, digging through, you know, the 1927 yearbook and, you know, reading the game recap. So I really kind of wanted to put it all together and create a resource for UCLA fans. One of the, the big names that obviously Bruin fans know a lot about, Jonathan Ogden, you've become really in, invested in his history and profiling him. What amazes you most about him when you look back at all that he did? Yeah, Jonathan Ogden, he was a guy, being an offensive lineman, he obviously, he got some attention, and he was an All-American his, his final two years, but, you know, he doesn't get the attention like, say, a quarterback would, and so really, I think, at least in his final two years, he was probably the most dominant offensive player UCLA's ever had, and that's saying a lot, considering, you know, Gary Beeben won a Heisman, Cade McNown came shortly after, and, you know, was a big star himself, um, and, you know, other guys as well, um, and then Ogden really look at him as a pro, and his first year, his rookie year, he didn't even play left tackle. He played left guard, and he was all pro. Then the next year, he moves to his natural position of left tackle, and he's all pro, or or reached the Pro Bowl every single year of his career. And he retires. He's still the best lineman in the NFL. And he retired young. And after he retires, they win the Super Bowl again, like five, six years later. They gave him a Super Bowl ring because they said he's the foundation that the entire franchise was built on. Um, and I think, you know, being an offensive lineman, these guys don't often get enough credit. And I know UCLA fans know of Jonathan Ogden, a uh, big star that he was. But I just wanted to highlight him a little bit more than some of the other guys. When you look at the Jonathan Ogdens and, and the players in the past who are stars for UCLA, what kind of emotional roller coaster does UCLA football present to you when you go up and down and good years and bad years and you take it all in? Yeah, I mean that's that's sports for you. I mean, unless you're you're you know Alabama or Clemson right now, or your UCLA basketball in the Wooden era, you're going to have those those ups and downs, and you're going to have you know sometimes you'll have a three year stretch or so where it's not good, and then you know I, I look at for example 1962 through 1964, that was pretty rough for UCLA, but then 1965 comes around, Tommy Prothrow takes over, and they have three great years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that sports, it's up and down, and, uh, and it's like UCLA right now. I know, you know, after the loss last week, people are feeling pretty down, but there'll be ups again, and, and that's what makes it all worth it. Yeah, it's certainly the case. And when you have put all of this information together, you, you put together a, a, an encyclopedia. Where, first of all, where can we get it? And also, how did you manage to... To, to pull this off it's on amazon it's uh costco barnes and noble it's all over the place uh, so and if anyone who follows me on twitter they, they can get it directly from me as well um so yeah there's plenty of ways to find the book what was the genesis behind creating this book and how long did it take for you to put this out and it sounds like you've got a, a, a basketball encyclopedia coming out as well too yeah I, uh, when i was a student at ucla i studied history 
And uh, then after graduating, I knew I wanted to work in sports, but didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. So I kind of took this interest I had in history along with this passion for sports and kind of merged the two and, and started really looking into creating UCLA sports books. And, uh, and I realized there's, there's nothing like this out there. And that if people, you know, if they're presented with this chance to get a book like this and they hear about it, then I know a lot of people um, will buy it. I know a lot of people will like it. Um, and uh, so I, that's, just, that's how I created the first one. It took a while, um, about a year and a half. And then um, this is actually the one that's out now is the second edition of the book. Because in 2016, I self-published the, the first edition. It came out. And then about a year later, then I got an email from someone at a publishing company saying, hey, I read your book. I enjoyed it. I work at, at Skyhorse Publishing. How would you like to create a second edition? We'll clean it up. We'll add pictures. We'll make it you know, look nice. And uh, we'll get it out there and distribute it to you know, a lot more people. So that's when we did that, and then the second edition came out last year in 2018. And uh, with that, I after writing the first one, I knew, well, I, I should do basketball too. Um, I'm At heart, I'm a football guy, but UCLA athletics in general is something that I love, so I wanted to get basketball out there knowing that, that obviously UCLA's had more success in basketball. So I spent then the next year working on the basketball book, and uh, that one's ready to come out October 15th of this year. October 15th sounds like a great Christmas gift or a holiday gift as, as Bruin fans get ready for the fall season. Spencer, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. This is just the start. We'll have you on many more times because I know we're, I want to get a little bit more detailed with you as far as certain eras within UCLA football, but I first wanted to introduce you to the subscribers here and those that check out the podcast and where they can find you. And I look forward to having you on again. And goodness, man, so cool. So anybody who calls themselves a Bruin fan or has any ties to the program, please pick up Spencer's book and the second one that's coming out, basketball-focused in October. Spencer, thank you so much again for coming on, and we look forward to talking with you soon. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. I'm really enjoying your podcast. It's always great to have something every day um, in the morning to listen to. Um, so keep up the great work, and thanks for having me on. And for sure, follow Spencer on Twitter. His Twitter handle is Spencer, S-P-E-N-C-E-R-S-T-U-E-V-E. A great follow, and all of his tweets, it seems like you always learn something from him. All right, coming up, I will unlock my keys to the game. If all of them are done by UCLA, it's a lock that they will win against San Diego State. But first, No House Advantage is taking an exciting new spin on daily fantasy sports. Instead of salary cap drafting, No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests. Download No House Advantage now from the App Store and use the code Locked On to receive two free tokens. When you purchase two tokens, it's a $10 value. That's code Locked On to receive two free tokens when you purchase two. You know, now that we're talking about football and whether it's college or the NFL, there are all sorts of outlets to get tickets to your favorite sports team to watch or maybe even a musical event. Well, there's a great place I suggest that you look, and that's Vivid Seats. It's an app, Vivid Seats. The app is on the App Store. 
We all have apps on our phone already, so let's just go right back to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app, and fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program and will enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of Vivid Seats Rewards. All confirmed orders backed 100%. And the neat thing about Vivid Seats is they offer great prices and an easy purchasing experience as well as that in app loyalty program vivid seats rewards it's a go-to for me and it should be a go-to for you enter promo code kickoff at checkout to receive a discount of up to 100 again vivid seats go download it at the app store or google play and you won't regret it all right it is that time in the show when i reveal my keys to the game and if the bruins do all three of these things i guarantee you they will win and we are going to start with first matter of business stop the aztecs rushing attack san diego state relies way too much on the running game to carry their offense Yes, it's helped them win a lot of ball games because people have a hard time stopping it. But if you can stop it, there's not a lot of confidence that I'm seeing from their coaching staff in their quarterback to make plays, particularly take deep shots or make explosive plays in the passing game. And they don't recruit a lot of upper echelon wide receivers. So they funnel most of their attention on the running game and if you can stop that, their offense is not going to pick up first downs. The second point I want to bring up is the Bruins have to get their tight ends more involved in the passing game. Only one reception from a tight end against Cincinnati last week. That can't happen again. There's no tolerance for that. You've got to get Devin Ossie the football. You've also got to get Jordan Wilson the football. Neither of those two guys who are supposed to be your top two tight ends None of them got the football. They had balls thrown their way, but none of them made a catch against Cincinnati. And you need those guys to be safety valves for Dorian Thompson-Robinson if the pressure comes. He's got to find ways to get it to them. They're big, they're physical, and they can steamroll over defensive backs. The last point and the third game-changing topic here is... You've got to limit the turnovers. I'm going to give them two or less for the Bruins. You manage two or less, you're going to win the game. You had four last week against Cincinnati, two of them coming from interceptions, two of them from fumbles. Dorian Thompson-Robinson said on Wednesday that he reasons that the interceptions came and the fumbles came in part because he was too excited. Okay, here's the thing. Dial back the emotion just a little bit. It's going to be tough, though, because it's the home opener. But it's going to be paramount that while it's important to feel a little bit of angst out there, you don't want it to overwhelm you. And I know as a young quarterback for DTR, emotions are sometimes harder to weather through and not make that all-encompassing towards you and make it affect your outcome as much. And that's where experience comes in. But two turnovers or less, key for San Diego State to lose. And if all three of those points come out, it's a Bruin win. 
and it's not even close. All right, so that's going to do it. We can't wait for kickoff. It is going to be a dandy, and I'm going to have a lot of reaction from that San Diego State-UCLA football game for you next week. Enjoy the game. Go Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley.